Hi everybody, welcome to Beef and Lamb New Zealand's Seen and Heard podcast. This is another one of our break feeds, our short podcasts. Today I'm in Gore. Um, I'm at the Ladies' Long Lunch, which has been run by Olivia Ross, our extension manager down here, who I suspect a number of you listening will know quite well. And I'm apparently Olivia told me I'm the token male today because there's something like 200 women in the room to hear a number of speakers. And one of them I have here with me now, Louise Robson from Seals Winslow. Welcome along. Thank you. So start with the technical bits and bobs first before we really get into the message. What's your day job, Louise? What do you do with Seals Winslow? Um, so I'm an animal nutrition technical sales representative for Seals Winslow. So I cover the Southland area um, okay. and a little bit of Otago. Yep. So what do you do in that role day to day? So mainly work on farms with around nutrition, um, looking at different options for deficiencies mm-hmm. and coming up with feed plans and budgets for people that need them. So we're in a wee room at the Longford Tavern in Gore and you may have heard a bit of background noise, that was Olivia cracking the whip so we won't muck around too long but um, I didn't, I wouldn't have picked it from your accent but when I read your bio you're not originally from around here Louise? No, so originally from the UK, um, came over here uh, when I was 18, Um, I won't give away my age by saying how many years ago that was. Um, but I came over here because I wanted to work with sheep and um, the UK doesn't have big numbers okay. of sheep so my choice was either Australia or New Zealand and Australia has snakes and poisonous spiders <laughs> so I chose New Zealand <laughs> and Australians um, um, but and so it wasn't sheep and beef farm you're on obviously different um, you're no, on the farm? A, crop, a crop farm yes okay. so dad's all crop um, so lots of tractor driving mm-hmm. which is not one of my passions yeah. my passion was more around the livestock side of things and did you come to New Zealand cold, or had you been here before? Or you just... No, I'd never been here before. Um, I was actually studying, and we had to work for a year as part of our study and mm-hmm. do a um, case study on that. So I actually did my case study on a sheep farm and a dairy farm in New Zealand, so I spent six months on each. Okay. All right, but we're not here to talk about animal nutrition. We've done a few podcasts on that. Your The title of your talk today is Resilience in the Face of Tragedy. Um, so I'm going in a bit cold here, but what are you going to be talking about today? Um, so two and a half years ago, my 11 year old daughter was involved in an accident and passed away. Um, and so I learned a lot of things around that in terms of being able to keep going. I've got other kids, um, so needed to basically keep my shit together so that mm-hmm. I could function for them as well. Um, and a lot of people have often said to me, I don't know how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we couldn't do that. Um, and usually my answer is, well, I didn't get a choice. Yeah. Um, but it did start me thinking around what is it that I actually do that does mean that I can actually do life and still function and um, is there a message in there that I can help, help other people with yeah. um, working in the agricultural industry I often spend a lot of time on farms with people mm-hmm. and sometimes people can be in quite stressful situations um, and you see that a lot at uh, different times of year on farms just from general workloads as well as other stuff mm-hmm. going on so I guess I felt like there was a message maybe that I could share that might be able to help somebody from my experience, yep. and so that's why I'm here today. Okay. So that's, yeah, kind of unimaginable, but is it just on your experience? I mean, had you had any professional training, or, or was it a person you beforehand that you are able to deal with, it, or basically you were in, in deep, and, and it's what you've learned having to go through that that you're going to talk about today? Yeah, so I guess more just what I've learned. Um, Mm. I have worked with different people as well um, and I've obviously had advice from different people that has made a big difference to me um, that that are professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I've not had any specific training. So um, we're not going to cut across your big presentation today because by the time this goes live, it'll be done and dusted. But if you had somebody in an elevator for three minutes, the classic elevator pitch, what are the key 
things you've learned or the key messages you're going to tell the women today? Um, I think it's around understanding yourself, mm-hmm. what makes you tick and what do you need for yourself and actually not being scared to use that. Um, I think a lot of women, we, we put everybody else first and we forget about ourselves, mm. but it's actually, and we hear this a lot, but it's hard to pull from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. But actually we need to understand what it is that fills that cup for us. So yeah. it's around actually understanding that, but not being scared to ask for the help and the support that you need. Mm. Um, and getting out there and doing the things that work for you. And yep. uh, there's lots of different things out there. Sometimes it takes a while to figure that out. Um, so some of the things I'll be talking about today are around how do we discover that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually using it. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I think for everybody listening and everyone there, you know, touch wood, it's something we don't want to go through. But is it something you can actually, you can never be fully prepared. I mean, you don't, but is it things you should be doing in case something like that ever happens or what sort of preparation can people do in their lives to be you never be ready but <laughs> no it's, some sort of... it's definitely not something you could prepare yeah. for but i guess um part of my learnings that come from my marriage ended um two years before mm-hmm. jess died and so i'd done a lot of work already around myself in terms of who was I and, and what mm-hmm. made me me and how did I do that? And a lot of that sort of stuff really helps. So I don't think it necessarily needs to be a tragedy for mm-hmm. people to learn how to be resilient. I think it applies to a lot of different situations in life yep. um, across the board. So a lot of that sort of stuff, I guess, that I had learned had helped me in that situation. Um, so a lot of self-awareness, I think, probably was the big thing. I already knew what was going to help me and mm-hmm. what was going to make a difference doesn't mean it's easy to actually do it yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but you you have that sitting there in the back of your mind so I think for everybody that is looking at that sort of thing it's actually prepare for life by doing mm-hmm. that and then it doesn't matter what life throws at you you've got those tools to be able to use so not easy but I guess easier might be the term. but what specifically I mean build resilience those sort of things what can people actually specifically do? What sort of tools or techniques or is it a training course? What are you talking about? Um, so I actually did a course called Goals of Soul, which was uh-huh. um, like a life coaching course. Um, and that was basically just for me to help figure out who I was and, and what did make me tick. So part of that was looking at things like um, personality tests, love languages, your strengths and weaknesses, how you use your weaknesses uh-huh. as a strength, because they're actually not necessarily a weakness. Uh-huh. Um, they actually could be seen as a strength. So a lot of change around the mindset as well and having a positive mindset um, going forwards for, you know, you've always got a choice. You can choose to be uh-huh. negative about something or you can choose to be positive about something. And if you're positive, other people are positive. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess it's a lot around changing your own mindset about how you think uh-huh. about things as well and actually using that positive side that we yeah. can do to breed positivity for other people. And is it just that sort of attitudinal and behavioural stuff or were there actually processes in terms of, you know, technically day to day we talk to farmers about writing down goals and plans and that sort of thing? Yep. Is it the same thing apply here? Um, yeah, uh, there was a lot around goals um, as well, like what do you actually want to do, what are the steps to get there? Um, one of the things that I got out of it was a really simple saying, if you think it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually you still need to actually work out how you're going to do it. Yep. So a lot of that planning sort of stuff, I'm quite a strategic person anyway. Um, so that's one of my strengths where I will um, plan things out, look at all the possibilities, work out the best way of doing it before I do something. Um, and that's what works for me. What yeah. works for other people might be really different. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of that strategy um, around, you know, where are those goals and what do those mean? It doesn't mean I still know where I'm going to go or what yeah. I'm going to do. Yeah. But I'm actually okay with yeah. that because actually that's part of the plan is that actually that's quite exciting to not know because that leaves the door open for uh-huh. anything um, yeah. to, to come along and to be able to do what you want to do so being open to that sort of stuff as well and 
I was quite a, um, I guess, military precision with kids and working yeah. <laughs> and in control of my life. And all of a sudden my life was thrown completely out yeah. of control. And I guess that's been one of the lessons for me is that actually not being in control can be a good thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually that does open the door up for you to actually try a few new things and do some different things. And it boils down to sometimes it's really simple, like getting outside and doing some exercise because mm. um, exercise is as good for your mental health as it is for your physical health. Um, it could be um, you're having a really bad day and all you want to do is hide underneath the duvet, but actually if you go to the supermarket, you've got to talk to the lady behind the checkout because yeah. she's yeah. always going to ask how your day was. And it actually gets you out of that funk where you mm. just feel like you can't get out. And that one simple step, which is really non-threatening, you're not in a situation where you're front-facing with people and you've got to account for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it gets you out and talking to somebody and, and knowing those little steps to be able to do that can make a massive difference. Yeah, it's interesting. It actually just reminded me, um, my daughter, a bit old and you but mad keen on cricket. There's a famous English female cricketer called Sarah Taylor who had really major sort of mental health issues. The same thing, she got a dog because she had to go and walk it every day, had to go to the supermarket and buy food and she did little things like that. Yep. But anyway... Um, Talking about getting out of the every day and trying things, um, you mentioned a term, if I remember it rightly, love languages. Yep. So um, for some of my farming audience, that's going to be something <laughs> new. What are we talking about there? Um, so um, you can uh, look it up on the internet, Google it. There's lots of wee um, tests that you can do. But basically there are five love languages and um, those are around how we as people and our personalities actually feel um, affirmed. So. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one of the ones that I'm, I'm quite strong in is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I like feedback from people, um, whether that's good or bad. I, I like the feedback so mm-hmm. I know where I am and what I'm doing. Um, and I guess praise comes into that as well. You know, if your boss says you've done a good job, that to me makes me feel good. So, yeah. But it's about being aware that not everybody has those same love languages. So if somebody has, um, for example, one's acts of service where doing something for somebody mm-hmm. shows them love and that's how that feel, they fill their love tank. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we understand how other people are, whether that's our partners, our kids, our friends, people that we work with, it allows us to actually interact with them in a way that it mm-hmm. makes them feel good about themselves. Yep. Um, and it makes builds those connections and makes stronger connections because you're understanding each other. Mm. Yep. Okay, so we can put a link probably in the description of this. There's a website or a recommended reading you could suggest. I could probably find one, but yeah, Google helps. (laughs) Google will do the job, as always. Um, And I mean, what you're talking about here, though, with this stuff too, is not just preparing for a major earth-shattering, life-changing type event. You're just talking, this is the sort of stuff that it's day-to-day, week-to-week type stuff that's going to help people in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as women, we often forget who we are. Yeah. Um, because we get so busy doing everything for everybody else mm-hmm. and it can be nice to actually go back and remember that and to be able to fill our own love tanks mm-hmm. as well um, yep. because once we've done that we actually we can get out there and we can do so much more because we're happy with who we are yep which I think um, indirectly or directly is a big part of what um, Olivia's event today is about um, some of the things that come in it's just nice get off farm and um, yeah um, fill that love tank is that the right word yeah yep. fill the love cool. tank um <laughs> So, um, if you were, when people come away from here today, I mean, we've talked about a number of things. Uh, what are the two or three, or what's the first thing? What's the call to action? You know, when you're talking to women at the, or an event today, or anybody, male or female, what's the first thing you tell them to go home and do? Um, or so suggest they do? One of the things that I, I actually have um, prepared in my talk is, um, is around building a village. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we often hear the term, it takes a village to raise a child, but yep. I actually think it takes a village to make a woman as well. Mm-hmm. So we're not, as human beings, intended to be solitary people. We are intended to be in groups with, with other people. Um, and it's really easy, particularly in farming, to be quite isolated mm-hmm. and to not get off the farm because you're busy. So my challenge to people today, and the first thing I want them to do, is actually to go and build a village, is go and find somebody that you can bake a cake for, mm-hmm. that you can go for a walk with, you could weed their garden, look after their kids, help another woman build her village, mm-hmm. and then that people will start doing that as well. Yep. And the more we do that, the more connections we make. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually that community and that friendship base is one of the really, really important things of what I'm talking about today, is to actually build that village around you, because mm-hmm. those are the people that are going to support you. Yep. So sort of just two parts to wrap up. So farming communities are worse, if that's the right word, for, for poor resilience or, or not dealing with this sort of thing than the New Zealand community as a whole? Or is it a New Zealand, part of the New Zealand psyche, the way we tend to deal with things? I don't think it matters where you are. Yeah. Um, I've noticed it more, I guess, in the farming community because that's where I work, that's mm-hmm. what I do, and that's what I see every day. And so I guess that's where my focus is just because I've got access to those audiences. Um, and I do see it, you know, quite regularly, mm-hmm. but I think it applies anywhere to any community or any profession that yep. those same things can be relevant. Yep. And not just New Zealand, is it something? Oh, worldwide. Yep. Anybody. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Good as go. All right. Look, I think I can hear things starting to get wound up and I said we'd be about 15 minutes with this, which is coming up. So, um, what have we missed or any last words you want to put down for posterity before we wrap it up, Louise? Um, just... Go out there and do life. Yep. Enjoy it. That's succinct and to the point. All right. Hey, look, Louise Robson, thank you very much for your time, and um, I hope the rest of the day goes well. Thank you. You're welcome.